Hello, I'm Gerard. And I'm Dirk, and we are from De Gloria Community Church, Leeming. If we could only pray one prayer for the church in our region, we would pray, God, please help us see the world through your eyes. And in Matthew, that is where we've read about it. Matthew 9, verse 35 and further, we read, Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages. And then we see in verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. These words are profound because Jesus did not only have a feeling of compassion, he really did something about it. And what did he do? He called on the church to pray for more workers, to be anxious about those people that haven't got any hope or direction. And that is our prayer, that, that we would learn to know where we can help with people that do not have hope, who haven't have any direction, and that we should learn how to pray for them. And you see here that Jesus was in the community. He was there being involved with the people around him. And that's when he saw their needs. That's when he was able to serve uh, what they uh, needed um, when he had compassion on them. And so the encouragement as well is to pray, but also to get involved, mm -hmm. to be active in our community so that we can see uh, the people that need um, God's word and our help um, and really, uh, yeah, the care that, that he wants us to give to them. And so our prayer again is that God will give us his eyes to see the people of this world the way that he sees them mm. and to love them. Hi, I'm Sarah from Kerry Church, Harrisdale. And I'm Peter from Kerry. And our prayer for the church in our region this year is that uh, God would help us become better listeners. Yeah, as you know, Jesus has invited us to love one another, all of us, whatever church we go to, this is um, a mission that we are all called to. But to do it well, we actually need to meet people where they are at. And to do that, we actually need to hear people's stories. Yeah, that's right. Jesus did this really well. Uh, when he met with the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, he knew her story and that's where he engaged her. When he met with Nicodemus, he knew that he was a highly educated guy and he talked with really complex, complex, uh, complex ideas like being born again. And can you imagine what Jesus heard, the stories he heard at parties at Matthew and Zacchaeus's house? Uh, the point is, Jesus knew people's stories really well and where they were at. Yeah, that's right. And for us to hear people's stories, we actually need to listen. Um, the wisdom in the Proverbs is sometimes put a little undiplomatically. But Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. And there's a verse in Proverbs 18.13 that says, To answer before listening. Well, that's shame and folly. And so as we think about our prayer for us as churches together, uh, for us as Jesus' representatives and servants in this region, it's that we would listen well so that we can love others well.
G'day, we're Bill and Wendy Jensen from the Southern Districts Alliance Church. If I could pray, if we could pray mm. one prayer for the church in our region, it would be that we would value and support each other in our differences. This year, Bill and I have been married 19 years, long enough to know that we have some big differences in our talents, in our strengths, and even in our passions. I'm a musician. Bill, not so musical. I love filing and ordering and bookkeeping, and Bill's anxiety levels rise as he walks towards the filing cabinet. Bill's wonderful at working out how things work, and I just want them to work. And Bill's wonderful at cabling and data and connecting things, and I get conniptions just thinking about it. In God's word, in the book of Ephesians, we read that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. I love this passage. God says that we are his workmanship. You, me, we're his workmanship as new creations, redeemed by the work of Jesus. He is preparing us and equipping us for good works that he has already prepared for us to do. I believe that God reveals those works to us through the work of his Holy Spirit within us. But do you know something? Just as we are all different with different aptitudes, different passions, different gifts, I believe that God calls us to serve him in different ways. He lays different passions on different hearts and gives different ones of his children different opportunities to serve him. Different good works to do. I'm sure you're all familiar with the passage in 1 Corinthians where Paul reminds his readers that they are all part of the same body and so are equally necessary even though they have different functions. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Church in South East Perth Metro, my prayer for you, our prayer for you, is that you would be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your lives and that you would be excited about the good works that God has prepared for each of us to do. Mm. Let's do those works he places before us and let's support, encourage and pray for each other in the different opportunities that he gives each of us. Let's build God's kingdom together. Amen. Amen. Hi, I'm Terry. I'm pastor of Southern River Church of Christ. And if I could pray one prayer for our region, it would be God make us disciple makers. A person's last words are usually important, aren't they? Whether you're saying goodbye to somebody about to go on a, on a long journey or whether it's a person nearing the end of their life. What you say will come from the heart. After Jesus had risen from the dead and spent about six weeks with his disciples, he reached the point of saying goodbye. Matthew tells us his last words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, 
to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples of all nations. Well, 2,000 plus years later, and here we are in January 2021, and it's difficult for us to travel to other nations, isn't it? But you know, the nations are right here. The nations are right here in Perth, right here in Canning Vale and surrounding suburbs. People have come here from all over the world. Right on our doorsteps are many who are ready to hear about the one risen from the dead, the one who loves us more than we can put into words, the one who died for us, that we might step into a relationship with God through faith in him. I guess that's the prayer from my heart, that God would use us to bring people to Jesus, that we would help them to become followers, disciples of Jesus. And maybe those people might become disciple makers. Hi, I am Don Phillips. I'm a pastor at Eternal, and we are part of the Foursquare family of churches. Uh, we currently meet in Canningvale at the Campbell Primary School, about 10 years old, and our mission is to share the life-changing truth of Jesus with everyone that we can. If uh, My prayer for the church for 2021 is uh, that we would really see a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit this year. You know, Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 11 and verse 37 talks about uh, how the Father desires to give the Holy Spirit uh, freely to us. And you know just how important that is for us, the three things uh, that, I, that I would pray and I would desire to see in, in our churches is that for first of all for Christian, uh, for us as Christians that we would see uh, you know, our faith come alive in a new way this year. We'll see the word really um, mean something when we, when we study it and when we reflect on it. Uh, would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, would really sense that uh, every time uh, when we're praying and just, you know, in the things that we do every day. Uh, the second part of that is that we would see this year the Holy Spirit's work in the life of people in the community, uh, that it is the Holy Spirit who draws uh, people to himself. And may we really see that. And the third thing is that we would see the Holy Spirit in great power, that we would see the Lord answer miraculously prayers that we pray, uh, and that it would be outstanding in every way. And so my prayer and uh, wish for your church this year is that the best may yet still be ahead and that we'll have an extraordinary year. Lord bless you. Great to be with you this morning. Bless you. Well, good morning to you all and uh, thanks so much for the opportunity of sharing with the churches of Canning Vale this morning. And uh, I have to say, I was just so excited to hear of this initiative of uh, the churches in your local government area coming together in this uh, wonderfully creative way. So be encouraged that uh, what's happening here in your region is significant and uh, is very much in line actually with what the Lord's doing more broadly across our city of Perth and uh, even across our nation. In terms of 
uh, churches coming together in geographical regions to bring blessing to their local community. I've always been staggered by the extraordinary truth that Jesus prays for me. And Romans 8.34 makes that very clear. Uh, it says, Christ Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I mean, that's an amazing thought. And we do tend to personalize and individualize verses like this. Uh, God loves me. God chose me. Uh, Jesus died for my sin. Jesus prays for me. Uh, these are all true statements, of course. Uh, in fact, profoundly true. But we also know that most of Paul's letters are written not to individuals, but to the churches of a particular city or region. So to the church of Philippi or the church of Corinth, perhaps the church of Canningvale. And uh, that church was, of course, a collection of smaller congregations in a city or region, often groups meeting in people's homes. And so we understand that the bride of Christ is not a person, of course, but a collective group of people through whom God chooses to reveal his glory. So Jesus' prayer, as he intercedes for us, is first and foremost a prayer for his bride, the body of Christ, the church. So the way we think about the church is important. And uh, there are a couple of ways we've been taught to think about the church that I'd suggest are not all that helpful. The first is that we've been taught to think tribally. Now, hear me rightly, I'm, I'm not anti-denomination at all. In fact, my own Baptist denomination provides just great support and encouragement all the time. But when we think tribally, the danger is that we limit and narrow our perspective. We, we lock into our own tribe, our own movement, our own way of thinking, our own way of worshipping. Uh, I'm a Baptist, you're a Pentecostal, you're an Anglican, whatever. And so we huddle together in our own tribe with people who think like us and worship like we do. And so tribal thinking accentuates our differences and tends to separate us. At worst, it encourages us to view one another with suspicion or even as competition. The second unhelpful way we've been taught to think is about the church is uh, independently. And this is especially a danger as a church begins to grow larger and more influential. Because if I've got a dynamic, growing, thriving church, then why do I need to connect with the small, struggling church down the road? Why would I bother? I don't need other churches. I've got a good thing going here. And after all, I'm doing the work of the kingdom here in my church. And so what do I care if people are leaving the little church down the road to come to my bigger, more successful church. No problem. They're welcome. In fact, uh, maybe they're better off here. You know, I've, uh, I've heard pastors say things like, oh, we don't steal sheep in our church. We just grow nice green grass. Well, you know, that's not kingdom thinking. That's, that's independent thinking. It's, it's empire building. Church growth at the expense of and to the detriment of other local expressions of the body of Christ. And that, I believe, grieves the heart of God. So a kingdom mindset is grieved, actually, by the struggle and the discouragement of other local pastors and churches. A kingdom mindset asks the question, how can we help to grow greener grass 
in that other local, smaller, struggling church? How can we effectively work together to grow greener grass in all of our local churches in our region? And how committed are we to praying that the church, capital C, in our area will flourish and grow? Jesus prays for us. Even now he's praying for you. He's praying for you, the church of Canningvale. Precisely what he's praying, we don't know, but we can be confident that it will include the essence of his prayer of John 17, that we may be one, that you may be one. Uh, Ephesians 4.3, Paul says, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit. And so we understand from that verse that unity is, first of all, a work of the Spirit, but a work of the Spirit that is maintained by us through effort. And without concerted effort on our part, disunity is the natural outcome. Disunity is easy to create. It doesn't take any effort at all. You know, you can create disunity in an instant with a careless comment, with a bad attitude, with a, uh, a word of criticism. But spiritual unity is a beautiful thing, something that is good and pleasing to the Lord. And unity across churches of a region begins with a heart of humility and a shift in mindset away from tribal thinking, away from independent thinking to embrace a truly kingdom mindset together. And you as the church in Canning Vale, you are uniquely positioned by God to bring social, cultural and spiritual change in your city and for your city. And God bless you. May God bless you as you pursue that end as the church together. Amen. Alrighty. We're back live. And uh, thank you again to all those who spoke. Um, in light of what Pastor Nick just shared, and in light of Jesus' words in John 17, that they may be one. If you were to ask me, what would uh, my one prayer be for the church in our region? It would be, God, make us one. Not all the same, not God, make us carbon copies of each other or anything like that, but one, one heart, one mind, one faith, one hope, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, as Ephesians 4 said. And, the, and the, all of the rest... All of the rest of what we do and we care about is simply our effort not to compete with each other, but to complete each other when we are one. And so I want to pose this question uh, to all of you in all our churches this morning. What if we as the capital C Church in our region sought to become, for this time in history, sought to become the answer to Jesus' prayer for once. When he prayed, Father, make us one. What if we were the answer to Jesus' prayer, that we would be truly united, truly unified, no divisions among us? You know what? Sometimes that feels downright impossible, like it would take an absolute miracle. You know, the church will never have real unity. That's, that's how we feel sometimes. There's too much history. There's too many issues to work through. There's too many differences. It's just too hard. I feel like that sometimes. But that's why we're going to finish with this song. And if the music teams from all the churches uh, can, can join uh, me at the front now. This is why we're going to finish with this song, which declares that God is a way.
He can pave the way for unity in the church, no matter how impossible it might seem. He's a miracle worker, and it will take a miracle in many ways for the church to really be one in our region, in the, in the city of Perth. But God is in the business of miracles, and I believe he can do it. God is a promise keeper. When he says, brothers and sisters, when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, I will pour out my blessing. That is a promise we can cling to. And finally, he's the light in the darkness. This is actually a calling that we get to actually share with Jesus, to be light into the dark places. And so if we are like this light bulb, right, shining light into dark places, the thing is we can't shine into the darkness if we're broken and in pieces and shattered. And sorry for the big bang then. We need to be whole. We need to be one. We need to be united to be able to shine the light of Jesus. And so, God, may you make us one. Father, may you heal any divisions among us so we can receive your blessing and shine the light of Christ into the darkness across this region. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, why don't you stand and sing together with us this morning?